0: Mabuhay and welcome to the Rise of the Pinoy Podcast, a show dedicated to inspiring Filipino excellence. Akosi Mike, and each week I will be sharing with you an inspiring guest or message to help you become a world-class Filipino. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now let the inspiration begin. Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of the Rise of the Pinoy podcast. I have a very special guest for you today, a very successful Filipino entrepreneur by the name of Danny Moran. Now, Danny has been an entrepreneur for many, many years, 30 plus years. He started in the corporate world. He's probably most famous for being one of the co-founders of the Red Ribbon franchise, which at its peak at 146 stores across the Philippines and was sold to Jollibee for one point eight billion peso. <laughs> Today Danny's passion is in his restaurant franchise, Amici, which I am a regular visitor to the my favorite Italian in Metro Manila, as well as the Moran Foundation, so which promotes football to disadvantaged kids in, yeah, sometimes street children from the most disadvantaged communities across the Philippines. Of interest, Danny himself is a former ASCAL. Back in the 70s, he played professionally for the Filipino national team, a very successful time in business, still involved in business, and of course, heavily involved in nation building work. Truly a world-class Filipino, and I feel very grateful that he made time to, for you today and for me in this amazing, inspiring interview with Danny Moran. Danny, thank you so much for agreeing to do this interview in Amici Tambasco mechanic. <laughs> oh,
1: you're very welcome. It's my pleasure.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. we have known each other. We met first, Danny, in the Gautkalinga Enchanted Farm and we've remained in contact ever since. And we've, uh, I'm honored that... You, you finally got to sit down and record this interview.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm excited. Excellent. we
0: go straight into the difficult questions?
1: <laughs> no, you can go right right into it.
0: Mm-hmm. Danny,
1: what's the best change you've ever met in your life? That's a difficult question. The best change? Hmm. I, I think the best change, if I just kind of recall, was when I moved from... Um, my professional career to to uh, uh, to a decision to uh, become an entrepreneur, and uh, so how did that happen? Yeah,
0: tell us the story. Uh,
1: that was I uh, was back in 1983, and uh, I was working uh, in IBM at that time. Uh, I started off as a systems engineer then moved on to marketing so I was uh, marketing at that time IBM machines and and uh, we were doing pretty well uh, I, I liked my job and uh, I had this uh, one big account uh, that I was working on for that, that year it was a central bank and uh, it was sort of like the the biggest deal that year for IBM and and I had been working on this account for oh, almost uh, a year already, you know, building it up, building the systems, getting the people uh, involved with the, uh, with the kind of system that we were uh, going to bring in. And
0: Where was this? Where was the the central
1: bank is uh, here in Manila.
0: Manila, okay. Yeah,
1: it's here in Manila. We were also bringing in people from the Federal Reserve in the U.S. and from other people here in Asia to help us, you know, uh, put the whole package together. And, and it was, a, it was a, going to be a very big deal. Um, but then, unfortunately, that year something happened. Uh, this was uh, a year wherein there was a, a big case where um, one of the big guys in the country his name was uh, Dewey D he he somehow scammed uh, a lot of the banks and and and, uh, ran away with uh, millions and millions of dollars through a banking system and somehow uh, that rocked the banking community and uh, the central bank had to review you know the policies and the procedures and and everything that was going on in the banking community in the Philippines so so unfortunately because of that situation the deal didn't push through and uh I was devastated you know I was going to be it was going to be the biggest deal I was I was hoping to uh to make this uh they call it uh I forgot now uh, it's like a a golden you know kind of reward so to speak you know if you if you if you make this this sort of sale and and it didn't happen. And uh, and I was pretty disappointed. In the meantime, my wife on the side had started this uh, little business. Uh, it was a little bakery. We started at home. It grew a little bit bigger each year. And uh, I had helped her out. And I told her, well, you know, uh, let me take a break from my job. Uh, it's been a tough year and I need a short break. I'll, I'll help you out. So I. I helped her out in, in this little bakery that uh, she was doing, and and I found it uh, quite exciting. I uh, I helped her put together systems. We started working on procedures, things that uh, I was doing professionally. I was now helping her personally, and I began to see the the kind of opportunity, and just dealing with the people, uh, the bakers that we were we were working with, and everything, and. And uh, then she said, let's take a trip, let's go to Japan. So we did and we saw new uh, you know, equipment for the bakery and, and uh, I got pretty excited because uh, at that point in time I, I felt, you know, I think I, I can really make uh, a career out of this, so to speak. And, and, and so um, after talking to my wife, um, I decided, well, this is something I want to do. And so I just went back. When I went back to IBM, I told them, you know, uh, I decided to, uh, to to leave IBM and and uh, help my wife and put up this business. Yeah. And the general manager talked to me. And, he, and uh, you know, he wanted to find out, you know, hey, what's going on with this guy? He was our, our hot shot uh, salesman. And now he's going to leave us. And, so he, he to make he, bread yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly and so he I remember talking to him that that day and he asked me uh, hey what's this I heard uh, you're you're leaving IBM for 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 a bakery are you serious <laughs> and, and uh, I I told him yeah I thought about it and and I'm serious so well uh, we decided to uh, you know kind of packed up from IBM. And, uh, you know, started working in this bakery.
0: So, just to pause, how long was you internally debating to quit? How long was that process?
1: Um, I think about a couple of months. A couple of months, yeah. Of months, yeah. It took, it took, I, was, I was first just, you know, uh, working with the systems. It wasn't in, in my mind at all. But I think it was that trip that I made with my wife to Japan and... and then we, you know, we started talk about it. I look closer into it, and of course, she was very happy. Somebody's there to to sort of help her out, and um, and I felt that it was, uh, you know, it was a good opportunity. So we we did, and and um, by the way, that uh, that bakery is called Red Ribbon Bake Shop, yes. and uh, we started off in the house. Um, it was a very simple one and um, we grew it year on year. Uh, it became a very successful bakery. I'm sure a lot of people know about it. And we ran it for 26 years. Um, when we finally, the family just decided to, uh, to sell it, we eventually sold it to uh, Bee. We had at that time over one hundred forty outlets in the Philippines, and we had twenty outlets in the u s so it was an exciting you know run we, of course it came with all the ups and downs, like anything, but um, I guess that changed my life you know that 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 uh, that move at that time. I never thought uh, that I ever would be uh, an entrepreneur. I, I thought that uh, you know, um, my whole career from from college, I finished, I finished mathematics. I was into systems, procedures. You know, I was uh, very much into that. I never thought that you know I would get into the food business, but I guess here I am now.
0: Looking back over the 26 years, another tough question, for you What was the compliments that meant the most to you? Most to you and your wife, which you received in those twenty-six years on that
1: journey of building a business from zero. Well, to me, the biggest compliment always um, when you see people and you 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 manage to change their, change their life. You know, it. Um, in the beginning, I didn't really see it. I didn't really, you know, when you start a business, you're you're thinking, well. You got to make this thing successful because you're putting a lot of time and effort into it. But uh, as you go more and more into it, you begin to see well um, the individual lives of the people that, that that worked with us. You know, I in the beginning I didn't really notice it, but you know, as as we started to grow the business, um, you know, things happen within within the organization. Some people their their spouse passes away and so you, you, you go and visit them in their homes and you, you get to see what, what they're like, you get closer to them and uh, then you get to see how they live, you get to, to talk to them. Uh, we, have, we had employees where the mom, her, her son had cancer and so we helped, helped them out and eventually the, uh, the, the, the child died. And uh, became a very big you know, um, factor in terms of how you're going to help this person get through this very difficult process. and so you get to know them quite well. So I think that the, the biggest impact uh, to me was really eventually you really look at it and, and you feel, well, a lot of people are here, you know. Um, dedicating their, their time their their work their uh, their lives to help build our business, what are we doing for them mm-hmm. so um, at that point I began to realize that um, um, what was most important that, you know, I, I didn't really know but um, these people were working for us for many years 10, 15, 20 years we were giving them awards but then when we go and take a look at how they're living look at their their lives at home and everything you see wow they they don't have anything they really didn't have much so it was at that point we we decided well what what can we do to 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 give these people you know homes so um, I got my brother who is an architect and developer and and uh, this is how I got to know and meet uh, Tony Melotto because I was thinking, well, how can I give these people homes? Uh, I don't know anything about building homes. So I searched for somebody who knew how to build homes and build communities, and uh, I, that's how I discovered this guy, Tony Melotto. And so I, I, I asked him, you know, uh, how has he been doing this and he showed me uh, how they built uh, GK from, from the ground up and and how the, they, they built their communities and, 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 and to me I was, I was very much amazed I mean he was, uh, he was such a great job in, in actually transforming people's lives by giving them homes and so um, we partnered with them in a way I said okay if you can help us build this community Uh, we'll donate a portion for uh, Gaut Kalinga and so um, this is the first project that we had with Gaut Kalinga that it involved an actual development of uh, low-cost housing with a Gaut Kalinga site within that that housing development and um, and we did it We, we were able to build homes at very low price you know, prices so that uh, any minimum wage earner could could afford to buy a home. And so we provided homes for all those who wanted to have a home. <clears throat> and that's how it started. And and we, like Tony, began to realize that, yeah, giving people dignity and a home and a place to live is, is, is something that uh, transforms their lives. And and so, for me, that's, that's where a lot of the meaning comes from. Mm. You know, you're, you're building a business, but you're actually, in reality, uh, building people's lives. Yeah. And the more that you see, you know, <clears throat> people's lives can be changed, uh, in a way, the more motivated you are. You know? So, uh, we've been doing that uh, for a number of years, too.
0: I've got some questions towards mm-hmm. the end of this interview about more of your nation-building vision. Because I know you have been actively involved um, in nation building. But before we go into that, I do want to touch on some of your journey as an entrepreneur. Especially the moments when you came close to quitting. Mm -hmm. If any. Yes, yes, yes. I want to understand, was there a moment where you and your wife looked at each other, thinking, exploring quitting, (laughs) going back to (laughs) IBM, whatever (laughs) it may be, but you didn't. And why yeah I, I, well
1: um, actually what happened was um, when we started to build uh, Red Ribbon here in the Philippines This was after I had already left IBM within a year's time uh, we were we were doing well business was 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 quite uh, quite successful at that point in time nothing big but but I, I think uh, in terms of you know uh, growth-wise and opportunity-wise, it was there. Then uh, that year, um, Nino Aquino was assassinated, and uh, and all of a sudden, business opportunity here in the Philippines didn't look good. The, the peso devalued, um, imports were were skyrocketing, skyrocketing in terms of the price and. And, and a lot of our products were imported, so uh, ingredients were imported. So we felt that, well, the opportunities weren't doing, weren't going to be very good. So we decided, uh, let's try to, uh, at this time, uh, explore the U.S. So we did. We we went to the U.S. We bought an old Mexican bakery. We converted it. To, uh, to a Red Ribbon big shop and, uh, and we started from, from zero from nothing <laughs> uh, we thought it was easy because we were quite popular here already in the Philippines, we had four outlets uh, their Red Ribbon name was you know, getting to be known so we thought that well, we just opened a Red Ribbon there you know? uh, people get to know, know us right away and... so we opened and we were dead wrong, nobody knew us <laughs> our, I still remember our first day sale was 33 dollars you know we we just sold a few cookies and that was it (laughs) so uh, so we had to build from scratch Uh, in in the US nobody knew us we we were and and in the US it's not like here in the Philippines um, it was just uh, the three of us that uh, that were running the bakery me my wife and and her brother so we would we would open the store in the morning, bake the cakes, you know, ice it, decorate it, sell it, day in and day out. Later on, we got two people from the Philippines. We were able to bring in a couple of people, so we were five. But uh, it was really long days, long hard days, you know, and uh, the sales weren't really coming in. We were really struggling, and uh, you know, I was thinking, wow, you know, in the Philippines, life was so much better. And uh, we were here struggling, and and uh, my wife, you know, we had we already had three kids. We still had to take care of the three kids uh, in the U.S. And and uh, it was it was it was pretty hard. Uh, we were I was ready to give up, and she would, you know, at times she you know she'd be too so tired and because uh, just mainly because of the long days and. And so I said, well, um, you know, if, if it doesn't work, um, let's just give it our best shot till the end of the year. And uh, if things don't work out, um, we can always pack up, go back, and see how things are in the Philippines at that time. Actually, it was things were not good in the Philippines at that time. That was uh, the, the 80s when, when things were, were very shaky, before Cory Aquino came in. <coughs> and uh and that was probably one of the mo- the the lowest points you know we we were really struggling, but I don't know, we just decided i i, I thought um just give it your best shot and i and i i didn't i think it, it just affected me seeing my wife and and seeing her struggle i you know I, I felt I'm just going to give it everything i got so i i did I did more than what you normally do I I went to all the all the all the clubs uh, you know country clubs you know and I advertised our cakes we were we we went to hotels and we we promoted our our wedding cakes and uh, uh, we developed pandisal and started to sell it to uh, Filipino stores and uh, we even had you know home delivery of Nseimadas and pandisal and oh gosh everything everything possible you know and then one day, one day, um, we were, we got the biggest surprise of our life. Um, the, uh, editor of the food lifestyle of LA Times gave me a call and said, um, Oh, uh, Mr. Moran, just want to let you know that your, uh, mango cake, um, we found it uh, to be an excellent product and the best that we could find here in Los Angeles. So we're going to feature your cake in this Sunday's edition of the LA Times Food Edition. So, so our mango cake came out and, uh, and that was a big hit. From that point on, wow, things started to really, to really move. That sort of changed the, the, uh, the nature of the business in the US. It was, uh, I guess, in a way you can say, you know, we were fortunate that that had uh, happened, but uh, but that that uh, that made a big difference. You know, it, it gave us a lot more courage. We moved forward. Um, by the time that uh, Christmas came around, uh, we had lines of people outside wow. wanting to buy our uh, cakes. So. Uh, uh, so that, turned, that venture turned out to be a successful one right? and I think it was really, you know, our willingness to just keep on going, never give up, keep on trying, you know, uh, keep on pushing. You never know um, what solution will really work but um, I guess we just never gave up. So,
0: What's the best advice you got in that time as an entrepreneur?
1: the best advice I got
0: Mm.
1: well I think that um, now that I think about it um, one of the things that made us special was uh, the mango cake and it was really uh, because we had unique mangoes from the Philippines you know I mean uh, we didn't think that uh that product would would be so successful but it was really uh, in the end the filipino mango that that made <laughs> this mango cake the best mango cake i mean there were many there are many mango cakes in in los angeles don't get me wrong I mean, but most of these mangoes come from mexico or south america our mangoes we were bringing in from the philippines and so so i think that uh, that's what that's what made a difference you know uh, um, so I think, you know, stick to what you're good at. Um, we, we, we felt that our cakes were, were good. Uh, our cakes were very light compared to, to cakes in the U.S. And uh, you know, I'm always confident that we had the best mango in the world. So, so the mango cake did, did really well. And so I think the, the advice I would think is, would be, you know, um, you know, what you're good at. Uh, focus on that, and uh, and I think people will discover you.
0: Let mm. me ask the opposite of that question, which is, I guess, the wisdom to say no. What's the one thing that you said no to that has helped you the most? Yeah, so as an true. entrepreneur, you're constantly <laughs> surrounded with options, distractions. What's mm. helped your business grow, the on you and your wife, grow the most by saying no?
1: Yeah, when I, I noticed this, when when uh, when you you when you're successful in your business i mean of course there's a lot of hard work that that goes into your business and after a while you know um not everything not everybody's you know successful but uh if you're successful um after a while you you tend to think you can do anything you know you think that you're you're, you're you think you're you think you begin to think you're good you're you're good at anything and and so I I uh, at that point um people were saying well why don't you go into um uh, the restaurant business and and people were wanted to get into uh, um different partnerships and things like that and and um there there was even a a, a pizza uh I would say partnership from Canada that came over and and uh saw that you know this was a very successful bakery business and and wanted to look for a partnership and, and uh, so he approached us and he invited us to go to canada we saw his pizza operation and, and his story was similar to ours it started in a little small garage and, and then you know, built it up and everything and it, it, it looked like uh, you know a very successful pizza business in canada and they want to expand into Asia and, and so they're looking for a partner and, and the most, I mean, it, you're very tempted. You're very tempted to get into it, uh, To you know, uh, you think that, oh, you, you know, this is uh, something easy to do. Um, but after talking to a few people and realizing that, um, one, you're better off actually focusing on, you know, uh, what you're good at and and, and developing that and... Many times you begin to to believe that you can do anything, and, and you want to diversify into so many things. Um, at that point, after really thinking about it, uh, which we were serious, seriously considering this partnership deal, uh, we decided decided not to, to do it. And, uh, and I think that was the best decision that, that that I made. You know, to say no to that, say no to that deal. To, Continue to focus uh, on what we're doing uh, with Red Ribbon. And because of that, uh, we're able to, to grow, I would say, more nationwide and, and even expand uh, in the US. So uh, I think that was the, the, the better thing to do.
0: Yeah. Is there a daily practice that you do that some of our listeners would benefit from?
1: Well, I don't know, but uh, I'm sure a lot of people do it too. Uh, but but yeah, daily prayers are are perhaps the uh, the best advice I can give anyone. Mm-hmm. My 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 children, my friends, my people who who look for uh, okay uh, meaning in, in 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 what you're doing. Many times we get lost. I mean, uh, we get lost in whether it's uh, the business or no matter what we're doing. I think that, I think that sometimes uh, uh, we get distracted in you know uh, in many ways. But uh, the thing that, that I guess keeps you anchored uh, at the end of the day is uh, is uh, quiet, quiet time and, and prayer. You know, it's uh, it's like therapy. <laughs> It uh, makes you reflect on things and uh, make sure that you're you're sort of uh, moving forward in the path that uh, was meant for you. (laughs) I guess that that would be it.
0: Fantastic. So Danny, this is a podcast for Filipinos around the world to help them on their journey of becoming world-class, whatever Mm -hmm. that looks like for them. So can I ask you, what is your definition of a world-class Filipino?
1: Well, I think that uh, the Filipino in, in himself or in herself, in the way that uh, we are as a, as a people, um, are actually world-class just because of what I've seen uh, when I go outside of the Philippines. I mean, you know, we've lived in the U.S. uh, in and out for like about 20 years. And um, so I've seen Filipinos there. Uh, Many of them are in the medical field. Nurses, doctors. I've seen Filipino entrepreneurs, um, accountants, lawyers. And, and Filipino workers are very good workers. You know, I, a, a lot of people really like Filipino workers because um, they're hardworking. Um, they're quite loyal. Um, they, especially in the in the service industry, I think that uh, the Filipino, um, especially I would say uh, nurses, because. My daughter actually went through difficulties in, in her own personal life. I don't need to go into so much detail, but, uh, but she needed a lot of medical care. And, uh, and we found that the Filipino nurses were really the best nurses you could find anywhere. They, Filipino nurses uh, give more. They have more heart in what they're doing. It's not, it's not like uh, it's just a job. You know, you can see that they, they, they personally care for the patients. They personally get to understand the patients, and and they they really give care. I mean, this is something uh, deeper than than most other I would say nationalities do when they when they're doing their business. And so, uh, so it, it's it's actually very easy to get to 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 know and understand the Filipino because they're I think they're very open and, and transparent people, you know, it's like you don't have to guess what's in their mind. They're so they're so easy to 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 uh, to open up with, you know, to to express, to joke, to um, to, to have fun, to or 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 if you're if you're having a difficult time and and, and you want to share you know your 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 difficulties your sorrows there's you know they, they listen they listen and they they are very attentive to, to what you have to say and and uh, so so I think that um, it in 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 the work field it, it goes it goes deeper than, than just the work and and I've seen that in our own workers you know the you um, in the end, actually, Filipinos are among the easiest people to to, to work to work with because um, because they're they're actually easy to satisfy um, if they know that um, you you really care about them they will really take care of you you know if, if, and that that's as simple as that if if, if you if you care for them. Uh, they'll take care of you, mm-hmm. and when they, when they take care of you, they'll take care of your business. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I've seen, you know, and that's why I think Filipinos are, are world class. You know, you, it's hard to find that amount of, uh, you know, uh, they say malasakit, you know. It's, uh, it's really personal ability to, to really care and to take care of things uh, as, if, as if it were their
0: own. Let's flash forward into the future and your vision for the Philippines. Your vision for the Philippines, and I know you've been actively involved for a number of years in nation building. You've seen some extraordinary things, but for you, what is your vision for this country?
1: Well, I think the the Philippines has uh, right now a lot of. Uh, good potential I mean <laughs> economically we're already doing very well compared to the rest of Asia so you, you can see that uh, if uh, if you put I guess the, the right order in, in, in things um, you can see there's a lot of potential but uh, you're right I, um, Filipinos have been successful abroad more and more people are also coming back and beginning to see that yes um no matter how successful people are abroad, I, I notice that Filipinos always want to come back home. You know, so you have this uh, success factor that you're, you know, that that, that Filipinos uh, pick up when they go abroad, and 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 if they can if they can bring back uh, well, a lot of the learning, a lot of the experience, the expertise, the knowledge that they they get outside, and able to bring it back home. Uh, there's a lot of um, potential I would say knowledge out there that can be brought back to the Philippines you know we have the biggest population percentage-wise uh, of any nation that's living outside of its own country now if, if that um, and I think it's about 10 to 12 percent of Filipinos work, uh, working and living outside the Philippines uh, a lot of them are giving remittances remittances to to, to their own families uh, here here uh, in the Philippines. But but if they can see something wider, something bigger, something broader, a, a, a lot more potential in in the country and, and in the Filipino people, I'm sure they can give more than than, than what they're currently giving, and uh, and that would be a big boost for for the Filipinos also. Yeah. So so bringing in. Uh, a lot of that, the resources in terms of monetary resource, intellectual resource, you know, and, and, and their time. Um, so I, I think that there's there's a, a lot of potential business-wise. I and mean, we're here with Amici. We're growing slowly but surely. And, um, you know, I mean, in our own whatever level of influence we can, we, we will certainly contribute to to the lives of the people that are working here, to the economy of the communities that we're working in, and, and uh, I guess everybody in their own sphere of influence uh, works that way, uh, you know, then, then there's, a lot, there's a lot of potential to the Filipino.
0: So let me ask a question, and this will be specifically for those listeners, maybe here at home or overseas Filipinos, who really want to get into entrepreneurship. Or maybe they're in their first year or two or, or three of entrepreneurship and are struggling to have that breakthrough. Mm-hmm. What advice from a man who has years, mm-hmm. 30, 30 years, yeah, 30 plus years in the field of entrepreneurship yeah. Yeah. and has been years. through many roller coasters? Mm-hmm. What advice would you give those listeners who okay. are about to start or are at the beginning of their entrepreneurship journey?
1: Uh, well, the first thing is um, don't be too proud. <laughs> I notice, uh, I this I'll tell you, uh, I I see a lot of um, uh, Filipino, the, the successful Filipino entrepreneurs, a lot, are women, because they're not they're not too proud. <laughs> I mean, uh, what I mean is they. Sometimes you feel you you don't want to be seen doing this because. It it doesn't look so proper, or doesn't look so glamorous. It doesn't look so, you know, um, uh, you know. And, and a lot of people think that you know uh, they have to look good. They have to they have to look good to the to, to, to the outside world. You, you know, you know. Um, this is something I think Filipinos can learn from Chinese. In Chinese, you see, a lot of them are very successful business people. But when you look at them, you never, you never know that, oh, this guy, this guy, or owns this, or this guy does that. He looks so simple, you know, and it's 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 that sort of thing. So I think that uh, sometimes we're too proud. We, you know, you you want to buy this flashy car right away, so people will know that you're successful. But no, no, I mean, keep keep everything simple. Don't don't live be, be beyond your means, you know. Uh, uh, start out simple and 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 be humble do the things that that need to be done you don't need to show off uh, what you're doing uh, you know what's more important is uh, that you know you're, 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 you're putting your best effort and, uh, and you're doing I guess what, whatever needs to be done you know, without, without having to to think that uh, everybody has to look at you as a winner in the beginning you know you're you're not gonna win all the games (laughs) you know that's for sure you know so that's that's the first thing uh the second i think is is um you know um it's always good to talk to people who have been successful you know uh, again that's also a sign of humility when you when you're willing to you know um see others and 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 learn from them Uh, i remember when i was going through my own journey i always any opportunity I had to talk to people who were in business, I, you know, and, and learn from them, uh, I would. So I, I think that, that that's another advice. I think that when you're, when you're dealing, when, when you're trying to build a business, try to learn from people who have, who have gone ahead of you and see what, what has been successful and also what has not been successful, you know, try to learn from others. You know, the more you can learn from others, the, the better you are. And the third is uh, simply this: uh, be sincere and take care of your people. You know, the more that you you take care, take care of your people, uh, the more that you know uh, your people will will help you grow your business. You know, it's not in 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 any endeavor that we do in our lives, we're never alone. You know, it's always people around us, and, and uh, the more that you you work well as a team and take care of each other, uh, the stronger you are as a team. and, and Being an entrepreneur is always being a team player, yes, uh, so it's about taking care of your people.
0: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't be proud, stay <laughs> humble, be sincere and take care of your people. I love yeah. That. Very yeah. Very practical. Mm. So we're at the end of our interview. Mm. I have one more question to ask. Hopefully it's my most difficult one. <laughs> they've, all been, they've all been difficult. <laughs> but before I ask that question, I want to acknowledge you Danny, I want to recognize you. I want to thank you for living the Filipino dream. For continuing to be a role model for so many, especially the entrepreneurs out there. As another testament to you can become world-class here in the Philippines. You can become a global brand here in the Philippines. And I've met you over a year ago at the GK Farm. What probably most appealed to me was not necessarily your entrepreneurial success, but your passion to serve others. Mm -hmm. And I know that's been very active in your foundation and in your partnership with Gawit Klinga and other organizations to really, and going back to what you, you said there, take care of your people. And to link back to what I think one of my favorite things, what you said was, if you look after your people, they will look after you. So it's leading with that trust Mm. and your faith in your fellow Filipinos, someone I greatly admire. So thank you so much, Danny. (laughs) You're very welcome, very welcome. So are you ready for the final question? Okay, (laughs) shoot. (laughs) So flash forward into the future and you're surrounded by your loved ones. Mm. And it's towards the end of this journey here in life. And for some reason, everything you've said in the past Everything you've written, all your businesses that you've built, all the speeches you gave have been deleted. Mm-hmm. There's nothing left. <laughs> and you have the opportunity to give your loved ones, grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren, <laughs> some three truths that you've learned from your journey in life. What would those three truths be? Hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> uh. Of course, the first is faith in God, I would say, number one, that, that always comes first in, in, in anything that you do, your faith in God, you could be up there, or you could be down there, but, you know, I, I think it's, it's your faith in God that will keep you moving in the right track in your life. Um, and number two, I think, is um, especially uh, for those who are, who are married, and most, most people are, uh, I would say, uh, love your spouse. You know, I. Um, I think that um, that is your 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 closest partner, your closest ally, your best friend. Um, if if you take care of your, if you take care of your spouse, your family will develop well. And uh, the happiest thing that a a man wants to see in his dying bed is a love coming from, from his or her family. And uh, and so I, I, I really think uh, it starts it really starts with uh, with the love of you know husband and wife. You know, husband and wife love each other. You will have a healthy family. If you have a healthy family, uh, I believe that uh, the things that matter to you most at the end of the day would be to see them uh, that you love most uh, love and care for you in the times that you need. So, uh, so I, would, I would say that might second. <laughs> um... And the third, I think, is uh, uh, don't take yourself too seriously. <laughs> so I think, uh, I don't know, uh, good sense of humor, uh, you know, um, think, think less of yourself and, um, and you will think more of others, you know. So just don't take yourself too seriously, you know, I mean, uh, uh, learn to be humble in all that you do. And uh, you will be a happier person at the end of the day. (laughs) That's probably the third. Wow.
0: (laughs) Faith in God. Love your spouse. Don't take yourself too seriously. Right. (laughs) Danny Moran, world-class Filipino. (laughs) Maraming salam po. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Hey, guys. It's Mike again. I have a special gift for you for listeners of this podcast. Very simple. Go to mikegrogan.ph forward slash ebook and you will find waiting for you a special gift my book 7 Reasons Why the Filipino Will Change the World to you for 100% free I will be honored if you read this because this book is an absolute must read for every single Filipino so to get the book to get your free copy all you gotta do is go to mikegrogan.ph forward slash ebook so mike m-i-k-e grogan g-r-o-g-a-n dot b-h forward slash ebook thank you again for listening to this podcast until next time god bless thank you